It's hour two of the game on News Radio KMAN from Greensboro, North Carolina. What's up? Mitch Fortner with you. Troy Coverdale back in our K-Man studio. He'll be taking over the show for the last two segments so I can get back to the Coliseum to watch uh, Kentucky and Providence tip off in just about an hour from now. But K-State, Montana State tips off at about 840 Central Time. It'll be the third to last game to tip off in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So guys, make a Friday night out of it. We'll get to Mitch Palm here in just a moment. First, uh, NCAA tournament history for these two teams. Montana State just their fifth appearance all-time in the tournament. They have never won a game. They lost last year in the first round in a 3-14 matchup to Texas Tech. Boy, that was a 35-point win for the Red Raiders in San Diego last year. Meanwhile, for the Cats, 32nd meeting all-time for Kansas State. That is the 14th most uh, for any program in NCAA tournament history. K-State's 39th appearance all-time in the postseason, but in the NCAA tournament, K-State um, is 37-35 and 35 all time. And, of course, have made it all the way to the NCAA tournament championship game all the way back in the 50s. Uh, but it's been a long time, a long time since K-State's been to a Final Four. But, of course, this will be the first trip to the NCAA tournament under head coach Jerome Tang. All right, it is prediction time. Troy, hit the Mitch Palm Open in 5 4 3 Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction. Troy, I don't know if you noticed, but I gave you the uh, Wayne's World countdown. I was counting it down on my hand. I did the little swoop right there at zero. All right, here we go. Mitch Pong, Kansas State versus Montana State. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm nervous. This is my first time at the NCAA tournament. I don't want to watch the Cats get bounced in the first round. Anything can happen in this tournament. Cats are 23-9, and 11-7 finishing Big 12 play. First tournament appearance since 2019. Montana State, the champions out of the Big Sky Conference. They finished second in the regular season at 15-3. and three. They won their conference championship, tournament championship. And the Bobcats, 25-9 and nine on the year. Cats have lost the last two. I'm talking about Kansas State. The Bobcats have won eight straight games. All right. For Montana State, let's look at players to watch first. Let's start with their two-guard and 6'5 junior Raekwon Battle. All-Sky first-team selection. He's the only Native American uh, in the tournament. As a matter of fact, his family, before living, uh, leaving the reservation, had a, uh, had a ceremony uh, to wish them well on their, on their travels. That, that was a really cool story to hear about yesterday. But he averages 17.5 points. He's 34% from three-point range. A really good free-throw shooter at 84%. But he's been playing well lately. 21 points per game in the Big Sky Tournament. He has 18 straight games in double figures. Uh, but only averaging one three in the last nine games. The thing is, he, he loves to drive. He loves to slash and get inside. He, he will really move around the floor. you got to keep an eye on him wherever he's at. Uh, great cutter. Great cutter. Loves to get open. And he does a great job at it. Now... Also for Montana State is number 10, Darius Brown. He's a transfer, 6'2", guard, and a junior. Uh, he is the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. I think he is there, Marquise Noel, because he, he, he's a decent scorer. He's not as good as the scorer as Marquise Noel at just nine points a game, but he's 41% from three-point range. However, I will say he only shoots two a game. 
four and a half rebounds a game. What makes him the Marquise Noel type? Four assists a game, four and a half steals a game, nearly five, and also just a turnover in a half a game. So he's better at not turning over the basketball. He gets steals in an incredible way. He'll take it away from you in a pickpocket style, or he does a really good job of cutting off the passing lanes. This is a guy that gets better as the game goes on. When he gets to know uh, the uh, the opposing team just a little bit more, he learns as he goes, and he does a great job at adjusting. And then you have the big man, 6'9", senior forward, 240 pounds, and Jabril Bello. That's the thing. His size is what worries me the most with his strength. Can K-State body him up and play good defense without fouling? Um, that's going to be tough to do. Uh, they are a very good team down low and getting into the lane and getting into the paint to score. Defense is also what stands out to me about Montana State. I think they're a little bit better defensively than they are offensively. Offensively, to me, they're an, an average team. They shoot about 46% from the field. They are average from three, about 33.5%. Really good free throw shooting team. They have four players that shoot over 83% from the free throw line. So if this gets down to the wire in case it has to start fouling, you know Danny Sprinkle is going to have his free throw shooters on the floor. Just depends on how clutch they are in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Defensively, for Montana State, in Big Sky play, they led the conference in points per game allowed, just 64 points. They are first in turnover margin at over three and a half. That's a thing. Another thing about this defense, forcing turnovers. I'll get to that more here in just a moment. They were first in the conference in steals per game at seven. Second in blocks per game at over three. And they were also third in field goal percentage defense. But I want to jump back to the turnovers. Uh, that's because I, I, all five on the floor. This is a, a team in Montana State that will bring in nine guys. They're nine deep. And they rotate guys in and out. I don't think anybody for this Bobcat team averages over 29 minutes a game. The thing about the turnovers is is that Montana State forces over 14 a game. They, they, they turn it over maybe 10 or 11 times a contest. They're a bit disciplined with the ball, but they haven't faced this kind of competition before. But with K-State, Marquise Noel mentioned this yesterday, that the Cats are undefeated when they turn over the ball 11 times or fewer. The thing is, that's only happened five times this season. K-State in the last two games have turned it over 20 times each. And like Marquise Noel said in yesterday's press conference, that is absolutely unacceptable. To me, actually, that, that, that's probably my biggest worry tonight is K-State taking care of the basketball and also Montana State. How much do they slow down K-State's pace? It's a big question. Will they be able to keep up with K-State's athleticism? Well, if they can't, we're going to probably see that on the defensive end by just slowing down K-State. And also, you know, we got to hope that K-State doesn't get silly with the basketball and turn it over too many times. And another thing is, you know, K-State hasn't played well when it comes to winning games outside of Bramlage Coliseum. Montana State's been pretty good on the road, 10-5. and five. Meanwhile, for K-State... They have one win outside of Bramlage Coliseum since January 7th. That's over two months. Just one win outside of Bramlage Coliseum, and that was a win at Oklahoma State. Does worry me a little bit, just K-State being away from Bramlage Coliseum, not being able to, you know, obviously feed off of the Dune. There'll be some K-State fans here. They sold out the allotment, but that's not a whole lot of tickets. 
But I did see a bunch of K-State fans in the airport getting here to Greensboro Coliseum. Hopefully, it'll be a great crowd. But I also got to bring up the resumes here. The Big 12 is ranked first in the net. The Big Sky Conference is not high in the pecking order. Uh, they're not even high in the low majors. Out of the 32 conferences that are Division One and are eligible to play in the NCAA tournament, the Big Sky is 25th out of 32 conferences. And 15 of their wins for Montana State out of their 25 are quad four wins. And that was just beating up their conference. And that's where they got a lot of their good numbers was beating up on their own conference. They finished 15-3. and three. They lost their only two tries at a quad one win. They lost to Oregon 81-51. And also Montana State lost to Arizona 85-64. So they've been throttled in their two opportunities to play against quad one opponents in both out of the uh, out of the Pac-12. And we saw Arizona, you know, choke to Princeton in the opening round and they get bounced by a 15 seed. Uh, the resume for Montana State is not impressive. They've beat up against weak opponents. Uh, over half of their wins come from quad four. It's not impressive, um, but they're still a scrappy team. I don't want to take away the, their ability to you know, play good basketball. To me, K-State is just a much more talented program. Um, Montana State does not have any NBA talent. K-State has two NBA prospects in Aquan Tomlin and Keontae Johnson. Um, another part of Mitch Palm we got to get to here is uh, – I, I joked about this with Troy yesterday, and that is they have three players from England. Guys, this is a win for America if K-State gets it done tonight. Jabril Bello, Caleb Fuller, and also a, a really strong forward off the bench who averages 10 points a game for um, for Montana State is Great Osibor. Great Osibor is also from England. To me, this is a battle between America and England tonight. Cats got to keep up the reputation that they own England. The Royals just throttled Great Britain uh, in uh, uh, in an exhibition. So the Cats got to keep that trend going, baby. Got to get it done. Got to beat England. Finally, we can't finish up. Like We can't officially calculate the numbers until we get famous alumni. Because this is a non-conference game, right? So we got to go back to famous alumni. So here are three famous alumni of Montana State. We're going to start with... Lester Hogan, who is an inventor. What did he invent exactly? Well, he invented technology that led to us getting the microwave oven. Now, he didn't invent the microwave. He invented some technology that led to that invention. So, if he were to invent the microwave, I'd be like, all right, that's a solid start, guys. That's that's a really solid start. Microwave is something we use every day. But he didn't exactly do that. He did invent a piece of it. So it's kind of, eh, it's kind of so-so on that one. Let's move on. <laughs> Next famous alumni is Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath is the lead singer of Sugar Ray. Everybody knows this song, I Just Want to Fly. Well, he's a singer of that, but he's not Supercat. Supercat's the guy that come in, comes in and goes, I, I, I'm so, I am so high or something like that. Um, that's the best part of the song, is Supercat, not Mark McGrath. So, again, we're a bit eh on the famous alumni so far. We'll finish up with the famous alumni from Montana State with John Dahl. John Dahl is a fantastic TV director. He has directed episodes of Californication, True Blood, Dexter, Battlestar, Gal Battlestar Galactica, 
Breaking Bad, Shameless, Homeland, Arrow, House of Cards, The Walking Dead, and of course, everybody's favorite TV show right now. He has directed a couple of episodes of Yellowstone. Yes, he has. He has directed a couple of episodes of Yellowstone. There's a bunch of my favorite TV shows in there as well. Dexter, Breaking Bad, Shameless uh, are all in my top five. True Blood, I'm a big fan as well. I've never watched Yellowstone or Walking Dead. I'll get to it at some point. But I will say that's about as impressive as it gets for Montana State when it comes to a famous alumni. The rest of it's basically politicians. I get bored with that. All right, Ken Palm gives K-State a 78% chance of winning tonight by the final score of 74 uh, to 65. Because it's the NCAA tournament, the ability for Montana State to play some pretty good defense, but K-State being just the overall better team, more talented team, uh, I think K-State's going to win, but I'm going to go with a little bit lower score, just a little bit. I'm giving K-State an 81% chance of winning in the first round of the NCAA tournament with a final score of 71-61. to 61. I'm giving K-State a 10-point victory here tonight in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's going to do it for Mitch Palm, and when we come back, let's hear from the head coach himself, Jerome Tang, and his thoughts on the NCAA tournament getting here and also taking on Montana State. Coming up next on The Game. Welcome back to The Game on K-Man from Greensboro, North Carolina. Mitch Portner with you. Uh, as I'm broadcasting this show, I can hear a fire alarm going off. I don't think I need to get out of here. All right, I'm... I'm <laughs> I, we're live here, so I'm going to keep going here. Welcome back to Greensboro, North Carolina. Mitch Fortner, Trent Coverdale, back in the K-Man studio. He'll be taking over the show after this segment to give you uh, number two song of the day, I would hope. Um, and he'll carry out the rest of the show for us here today. I want to thank him for his work the last couple of days while I was in Omaha on Wednesday and then uh, traveling here to uh, North Carolina on Thursday. All right, let's wrap up my portion of the show. We're going to hear from Jerome Tang here in just a moment, first-year head coach. He basically built this uh, roster from the ground up. He had a, he had the foundation laid, of course, with uh, Marquise Noel and Ish Masood. Ish Masood, he's one that we really haven't talked about a whole lot lately. He's Big 12-ish, but what is he in the NCAA tournament? We're going to find out today. I will say, though, he has talked about um, with the press earlier that uh, in Greensboro Coliseum, he's never won a game. He is 0 for 2 in the Coliseum. So, Ish trying to get his first win in Greensboro Coliseum after playing a few years uh, for Wake Forest. Uh, we're not far from Winston-Salem. All right, let's get to head coach Jerome Tang. This was from yesterday's press conference, and he spoke about, of course, the, the Bobcats of Montana State. But to lead off here in his opening statement, he got emotional, thanking those that helped get him to Kansas State. First of all, I want to thank uh, Gene Taylor um, for believing in me and uh, President Linton. This is for a kid from Trinidad, you know, to have an opportunity like this to be a part of this March Madness. You know, it's, it's really, really special and extremely thankful and blessed to be here. Coach, I'm just curious, just being in this moment, seeing... You've been here before as an assistant associate head coach. Now you're head coach. How does it feel being in this moment? Like this moment hits a little different. Everything that we've been doing up to this point, it's kind of like, you know, it was, hey, I know what to do. I've never sat here with my name here. And so it kind of becomes real. Not real in the magnitude of what we have to go do, but real in the magnitude of what God has done for me in my life. 
Coach, I'm curious in the the film study that you've done with uh, with Montana State in the past couple of days, who has stood out in particular that you you feel you're you're going to have to be mindful of? And then as a follow up, did you have any familiarity with Danny Sprinkle and, and what kind of coach he is before this week? Yeah, I, well, I'm a I'm a basketball junkie, so I, I watch all the games as late at night with whoever's on, whoever's playing. I know Coach Sprinkle was a heck of a player, and and now he's a heck of a coach. They win, right? They they have a winning DNA. He's done a great job recruiting, uh, especially getting bigs from overseas. And those three kids from London, man, they have FIBA basketball experience under their belt. And uh, so they've, they've, they've played a lot of possessions, those guys. And he's done a great job developing those guys. And then at Baylor, we played Washington when uh, Raekwon was there. Um, and he scored double figures against us there. So I, I know what kind of talent he is. And watched him in the tournament last year. And obviously that wasn't the result they wanted or the showing they wanted to show. So I, I know all summer long these dudes have been preparing for this, right? This is this is not a one-week or three-day preparation for them for this game. This is a whole year that they've been preparing for this game. So I know they're going to be ready. And I told her it's going to be a 40-minute grinder. They've got big, strong bodies. They get to the free throw line. They make more free throws than their opponents shoot. You know, they are extremely physical and and extremely well coached. So I'm looking forward to the opportunity. So in the preseason, you guys are picked 10th. And I can see where that can be used as motivation for for a team. Well, now you're in the tournament as a three-seed playing a 14 you know, you're the favorite. They're the ones that uh, uh, the opponent's the one that wants to come after you. So how do you want your guys to approach the game mentally? We, we, we removed the numbers from the bracket, and it's one team against another on a neutral site. We know they're going to be prepared, and we're going to be prepared, and we don't want them to chase us. We, we want to be the, the guys doing the hunting, you know, and I'm sure they're going to do the same thing. So, like, once, once that ball is tipped, the ball doesn't know, care about numbers or, like, who's seated higher the ball you got to go make it happen you guys have struggled with turnovers in the past in this little break that you guys have had since since the tcu game what how do you focus in on that in practice to try and get that as as solved as possible (laughs) uh just i I just tell them now when we cross half court just shoot the ball don't turn it over um, we've asked you a lot about, you know, some leadership qualities like Chianti and Marquise have brought this season. I'm wondering what kind of leadership uh, Ish has given you guys off the bench. Uh, man, Ish has been tremendous because uh, Ish's role has changed and his playing time has fluctuated from from game to game. And uh, he's just been tremendous saying all the right things on the bench, being a, a great teammate in the locker room, keeping guys focused. Um, you know, he, Ish has this really grounded quality about him that he's able to see the big picture uh, and what's best for the team, even in, when things aren't going well for himself. And so that, 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 that's a tremendous quality to have as a leader. I want to ask about Marquise Noel, just how valuable is it for you having a point guard with that experience? He was one of the few guys that stayed on the roster after you came in. How valuable has that been? And then Montana State also has a guy like that, and Darius Brown. How do you see that matchup playing out? It was a blessing that Keith chose to stay. It showed that he cared about winning, and he believed in us as a staff and helped us recruit. He actually, I mean, he's responsible for the whole team, like, I mean, he went to so many official visit dinners and breakfasts, and I thought he'd gained 20 pounds. He ate so many meals, right, him and Ish. And so that, that was extremely valuable. And Darius, man, he's a three-plus three, three plus assist-to-turnover guy. 
defensive player of the year in the conference. Uh, just steady. He doesn't get rattled. Makes all the right plays. That that last play in the semifinals against Weber State, when you know he goes left and he draws the help from the big and throws the great lob to Raekwon for the dunk. As as a coach, it's always great to have a point guard like that. I'm blessed to have one. A coach is blessed to have one at Montana State. You know where you don't have to coach the ball. You can coach the other four guys, and that's just a tremendous blessing in any level, in any tournament, in any setting. All right, that's K-State head coach Jerome Tang yesterday with the media. I just missed out on hearing from uh, Jerome Tang and the players. I got here right as they wrapped up and started practice. And the practices yesterday were, it was really just a shoot around. And the team's having fun. You know, some teams had a lot more fun than K-State did. They did their uh, kind of, it's like the UCLA um, drill. And then they also did their uh, free throw shooting contest where, Two ends of the floor, split the team in half. Whoever makes the most free throws, the other half, I guess, has to do push-ups or something. But also just got to check out the uh, grounds of the Greensboro Coliseum. Not the most impressive place. It's an older place, no doubt about it. Heck, WCW, pro wrestling back in the day, used to run through a lot through Greensboro, North Carolina during its heyday. Uh, so it's uh, it was kind of cool to catch up on that history. But uh, we're still about three hours away from tip-off. So we got a ways to wait here. But I'm going to wrap things up. I'm going to head back to Greensboro Coliseum to get ready for uh, Kentucky and Providence. Winner of that game plays the winner, of course, of Kansas State and Montana State. So enjoy the game. I'm looking forward to this one. It's my first time at the NCAA tournament. Hope you're making the best out of it, having friends over, watching it with the people you love, and uh, especially love to be around when K-State is playing football or basketball. But enjoy the NCAA tournament. Troy Coverdale takes over the rest of the way. That'll do it from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm Mitch Fortner and you're listening to the game. I'm going to be honest. I haven't even brought the bracket into this room today. After last night and Arizona's debacle, no, I didn't completely lose interest. Come on. I do know that I have lost a few today already. I mean, come on. NC State, you could not beat Creighton. Come on. Iowa State, let's not even go there. We'll touch on the debacle that was the Cyclones game in a moment. Here are the finals as of now. Creighton over NC State, 72-63. Marquette beat Vermont, 78-61. St. Mary's downs VCU, 63-51. Baylor took care of business against UC Santa Barbara, 74-56. Xavier battled back. They were down by 13 in the second half before eventually getting past Kennesaw State, 72-67. Michigan State downs USC, 72-62. Currently, UConn hammering Iona, 81-63. 81-63. Yet to tip off will be FDU against Purdue, Providence in Kentucky, Drake in Miami of Florida, and Grand Canyon against Gonzaga. Later tonight, it's FAU against Memphis, Kent State against Indiana, Arizona State against TCU, and of course the Wildcats of K-State matching up with Montana State. Iowa State manages 41 points this afternoon.
Pitt opened a 22-2 lead before Iowa State even got a field goal in the first half. They got to inside of single digits by halftime, did the Cyclones. So that tells you that Pitt did not play very well either. This game literally set the tournament back 30 years. 59-41 final. How bad was Iowa State? Again, just two points through the first 12 minutes of action. And those were on two free throws. It got worse in the second half. When they needed to be trying to rally back, they had a stretch where they were 1 of 21 from the field. Iowa State finishes the day shooting 23%, 14 of 60. 2 of 21 three-pointers and clanked their share of free throws as well. 11 of 19. Now, shooting that badly, consider this for a moment. They shot 23%, did the Cyclones. They get 16 offensive rebounds in the game and still only managed 41 points. Pitt wasn't all that dramatically better. In fact, Pitt's biggest strength in this ballgame was the fact they went 25 of 29 at the free throw line. They were 14 of 41 from the floor for 34%. They had one more turnover than they did field goal make in the ballgame. 15 turnovers. 14 field goal makes. Oh, and almost half of their field goal makes were three-pointers. They went 6 of 19 from beyond the arc. But 25 of 29 at the free throw line, and that was enough to push them past Iowa State in what was a absolutely awful game in Greensboro, North Carolina earlier. Mitch can be happy that he did not go witness that at the Coliseum. Holmes with 12, King with 11, Kalshar with 12 on the day. 4 of 14 shooting for Kalshar. Good grief. And no one on the bench scored other than a single tally on a free throw. Pitt was not much better. They at least got 13 points out of their bench. But when you've got guys that are one of eight, one of seven from the field, there was only one guy in the entire game who shot worth a hoot, and that was Cummings from Pittsburgh as he went five of 11. Just an absolutely ugly grinder of a ball game as Pitt ousts Iowa State, and that just, oh my gosh, how bad of a game that was. And there's no explanation for it. There is no good explanation for why that happened. It just, I mean, ugly to the nth degree. When you're more interested in seeing who's around at other games in terms of the Star Watch than anything going on in that game, 
Yes, Marquette's most famous fan was on hand today, Bill Murray. (laughs) That was semi-appropriate on St. Patrick's Day, right? Uh, Let's see here. Just for good measure, while I'm at it, two out of the three teams that wear green won already today. Vermont was the one that did not. Baylor and Michigan State already with wins behind them. Miami of Florida will try to make that uh, 3-1 today. So the Big 12 has seen two teams stub their toe. One did so in giving up a lead yesterday, that being West Virginia falling to Maryland, as they got pushed around much in the way that they push others around, ironically. And then Iowa State just had nothing today. Absolutely nothing. And that would be where, as a K-State fan, you're a little concerned going into this late game, but keeping in mind that, you know, Iowa State tried to make a little run last week, got into the semifinals, but, you know, there's plenty of time off before their ball game. In K-State's case, they've been off since Thursday of last week. And as they get ready for this matchup against Montana State, that's a long time to think about the two losses that you last suffered. For the Wildcats, you have the West Virginia game, ironically, and a loss to TCU. Marquise Noel talked a little about it in yesterday's media session in discussing the number of turnovers in those two ball games and how that has to be the area that K-State watches tonight in terms of that is a primary focal point for tonight. And so, with that in play, that is an area where Montana State is going to do what they can to try to change the face of the game. But more importantly, as we've talked about over the last three days now, K-State is really going to have to watch how physical this ballgame is tonight. The way that games have been called thus far in the tournament, for the majority, physical play is not being rewarded. Instead, it's being penalized. And because of that, the Cats have had their struggles this year at keeping guys out of foul trouble, and so now, here it is. The challenge in front of them is to be able to play their game and not let Montana State dictate tempo. Not let Montana State get out and make things happen and put the Cats into positions where they're scrambling to try to get back defensively and into place. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Albany, New York. They're having to literally change a net with three minutes to play in a game. Seriously, at that point of the game? Okay, all right. Uh, Oh, and it's a 20-point game. Three minutes remaining, it's a 20-point game. I mean, I get doing replay reviews, but it's already killing time during the course of games. Now, literally replacing a net because of one strand going bad. (sighs) Interesting day two of the tournament, isn't it?
We'll wrap things up on this edition of the game, kind of give you a feel for what's coming up tonight with K-State basketball as well as baseball online this evening and heading into what's a great sports weekend around the region. And, in fact, we'll have that broadcast coming up online in just a few moments. K-State Baseball online. Matt Walters is in Waco, and he'll have the coverage coming up as the Cats get ready to match up with Baylor in Game 1 of a three-game weekend series to open the Big 12 season. 7.30 coverage then from Greensboro. Wyatt and Stan on the call as the Cats tonight match up with Montana State the final game of the session at Greensboro the Cats trying to push themselves into the round of 32 as they match up with the Bobcats out of the Big Sky Conference mentioning K-State women last night with their big victory at home Wyoming and Texas A&M Corpus Christi meet tonight in Laramie And that is what uh, K-State is waiting on to learn in terms of date, time, and location for their next round matchup. Wyoming in the WNIT once again. Boy, there's a history between the Cats and Wyoming there, isn't there? That would be a matchup that uh, has all kinds of storylines in it as uh, Wyoming has over the years had success in that tournament and they tend to like to host it so we shall see how things play out as again they match up tonight with texas a&m corpus christi in laramie so a big big sports weekend getting underway k-state with a win tonight would put themselves into sunday's action in greensboro one of the two games that will take place there on sunday Kentucky and Providence getting ready to match up in just a few minutes, in fact, as they will tip off just after the top of the hour. I need to double-check here. Turn to the computer and see here. Kentucky-Providence will be a CBS broadcast coming up at 610. So Channel 13 uh, will have that tonight. That is uh, live coming up just after the top of the hour tonight on Channel 13, the game in front of the Cats and the Bobcats, and we'll determine who would be in that next round if K-State is able to take the win tonight over Montana State. The busy sports weekend getting underway, and we've got it all for you. Don't forget, not just tonight, but K-State baseball then tomorrow, as well as Sunday as the Cats have uh, those matchups with Baylor through the weekend in Waco as the conference campaign is underway. Have a great weekend. We'll look forward to catching up to you on Monday. Once again, actually, Wildcat Insider coming up then. We'll uh, see you Tuesday back here on The Game itself here at News Radio KMAN.